you are Locked On Spurs, your daily San Antonio Spurs podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to Locked On Spurs right here on the Locked On Podcast Network. I am your host, Jeff Garcia, and thanks for tuning in once again. Your San Antonio Spurs have finished the road schedule for the 2018-19 season, and I guess many listeners and fans across the globe are rejoicing that that segment of the Spurs season is over. They did not fare well this season, so what we're going to do in the first segment of this episode of Lockdown Spurs, we're going to be taking a look back at what went wrong, a lot of stuff, and maybe some things that went right uh, in the uh, Spurs road schedule. And also on the show, we're going to be looking at some fine-tuning. What do the Spurs need to do to fine-tune their game before the postseason begins? Because they got one game left on the regular season schedule at home versus Dallas. It's this week. So, hey, their last chance to uh, pretty much uh, clean up a little bit before they make a off run. And to do that and more, I am joined once again by Two Shots Podcast, Joe Garcia. Now, Joe, I know you got a lot to say about the Spurs when it comes to fine-tuning, so bottle it up as much as you can. So, Joe, when you look back at the Spurs' road season, they finished, what, 16-25, and 25, uh, 39% uh, winning percentage. You know, how, how would you sum it up? Uh, you know, the best way to sum it up is, you know that gallon of milk you forget in the, in the refrigerator for about a month, and then you open it up? Yeah. That's the Spurs' road record, and that's how bad it stunk. Smelled like wow. spoiled milk, dude. It's it smells bad, you know, and it worries me moving forward because if they can't win on the road, what makes us think that they're gonna be able to win on the road when it comes playoff time? You know? So mm-hmm. that's a little concerning to me. It it really stunk in other words. Yeah, well you look at the uh, Spurs uh, road season, it was very heavy uh to begin the season. And I think that had a lot to do with why they fumbled a lot. This is a brand. There was a brand new team. It was a situation where they were away from the AT and T Center, away from home. They had to get things together in enemy territory, and they dropped the ball. Joe, their best season, um, their sorry, their best month away from San Antonio was in January when they went four and three for a fifty-seven percent win percentage. Yeah, hey, maybe you throw in October where they had three games on the road. They went two and one, but as far as a heavy road month, uh, believe it or not, it was actually January. Uh, that was one of two road-heavy months. We all know what happened in the um, February roadie road trip. Where they had eight road games, and they only won one. So their best outing, Joe, was actually in January, right in the middle of the season. And I think at that point, Spurs fans were already saying, okay, they figured it out. Boy, were we wrong, Joe. Oh, yeah, no doubt we were wrong. You know, the Spurs look good for maybe a couple games, and then they lose again. And that's mostly because they were playing great at home, you know. But when they hit the road, it's another totally different scenario for them. They usually start games lethargic. You know, they're not as crisp on the defensive end. And as far as running their offensive sets, they're they're just not they're just not there. You know, they're they're a second late. They make poor decisions on the offensive end, which translates to a lot of turnovers. And them just taking poor shot selection, I think, really doomed them. You know, from the start of the season. And it's a trend that continued, you know, well into the the remainder of the season. And here we are with two games left. And I got to say, Jeff, some things have improved, but there's a lot of things that we need to worry about. 
Well, there's only one more game left, and luckily it's uh, at home versus Dallas. But you, you look at – just try to look at the positive. Okay, so they won 16 games. Not the greatest. That's not going to win you a title. That's not going to make you go deep in the postseason. But what can we learn that the Spurs did well in those 16 games? Well, one thing they did was – and we'll talk about this later – they shot the three ball well in those 16 wins away from San Antonio. They shot a 41% clip uh, on the road. And that is a big reason why they won those games. In their 25 road losses, Joe, they shot the ball 34%. The three ball is key. The three ball was key in their road uh, schedule. And they pretty much wet the bed in 25 uh, of those games away from San Antonio. Joe, you can almost take this stat and project it forward once the postseason begins because they will be on the road. Everybody knows that. They kind of knocked down that three ball, Joe. Yeah, it's more than just, you know, not just knocking down the threes. Um, they got some problems, you know, <laughs> from what I've seen in the last couple of games. They keep, I guess they fall in love with this one play that I that I like to, you know, keep referring to. And that's the isolation play. They they have DeMar DeRozan start off from well beyond the arc. They give him the ball. Nobody shut, sets a screen for him. There there's no help whatsoever. And basically, what they've what the defenders have caught on to is they know that DeMar DeRozan isn't the best at the you know with the ball handling skills. So what they do mm-hmm. is they give him space. They allow him. They kind of bait him, and it's a trap. You know, to for him to take the bait, give him some space. He starts his advancement towards the rim. And what the defender does, and I've seen it happen time and time again, they just let him go by, they go right around him, and they poke the ball away. It turns, it's it's a turnover. And these are plays mm-hmm. that are very upsetting to Spurs fans because they've happened in crunch time. Specifically, mm-hmm. there was one game in particular in Toronto where that happened as well. You know, they let him go right, right on by, poke the ball away from him as he was advancing to the rim. And unfortunately, I don't think the Spurs are utilizing DeMar DeRozan uh in an effective way. I, I don't think they really mm-hmm. know how to utilize him quite yet. I think Popovich is, you know, very fond of his uh, isolation playmaking ability, but I don't think he's found a way to get him in better situations where he can be more effective, be a more effective scorer uh, in the ISO plays, you know? So I'd like to see more screens set for him, maybe come in at a better angle. Um, but what they're running right now is this, this offense that really doesn't, make any sense to me why why have him in those situations when you're not behind do you have the game well in hand you want to get better on the offensive end but you still fall in love with these types of plays and another thing i've noticed is they even in this game they have a lot of time left on the shot clock and they just chunk up threes you know or they just take up take a shot with plenty of time left on the shot clock they need to share the ball more they need to move that ball laterally you know and and they need to look for the best possible shot that they can get. Quality looks is what they've been lacking. I think that's what really hurts them on the road, Jeff. And I don't see that trend uh, improving much. They keep falling in love with these bad habits. And I'd have to say, Jeff, it worries me going into the postseason when you're starting the game, you know, starting a playoff series on the road. You can't do this, uh, have these types of mistakes against the better teams in the NBA, especially if we're going to be playing the Golden State Warriors, maybe we're going to be playing the Denver Nuggets or are we going to be yeah. matched up against the Rockets? If we have the the amount of turnovers that we had today, which I believe for the game they had, what, uh, against the Cavaliers, they had like 18, 18. turnovers? 
Yeah, they had 18. For 22 points? Can you imagine if that was the Golden State Warriors? You can just go ahead yeah, and put an X times two, you know, buy that. I mean, because yeah. they're not going to shoot twos. If, de- if the Golden State Warriors beat you and they're going down the other end of the court, you think Steph Curry is going to do a layup? He's going to shoot a three. So is Klay Thompson. And that's going to spell doom for the Spurs right off the bat. So that, that worries me, man. Yeah, I mean, look, as far as looking back at the uh, Spurs uh, season, again, they went 60 and 25, there were uh, other positives that you can take that this, they can lean on heading into the road uh, once the postseason starts. Again, we talked about they shot the, the three ball well away from San Antonio in 16 wins. They can learn from that and say, okay, we got to connect on our three-point shots. Another thing they can do is be more aggressive. In 16 road wins, Joe, they went to the free throw line 23 times on average. However, in the 25 losses, they went to the free throw line 19 times. So, uh, you look, you know, there's obviously they're aggressive. They bring out the energy. They, they want the win. That tells me that they're driving to the basket. They're, they're making situations for themselves where they put the, oppos- the opposing players in a position where they have to foul. The Spurs got to bring that on the road. Now, they've done a lot of things, too. Like, like on the road and when wins and losses, they kept their uh, turnovers relatively the same. In the 16 wins, Joe, they averaged about 12 turnovers a game. In, um, in the losses, the 25 losses, again, 12 turnovers. So they're right there. They're, they're taking the ball, taking care of the ball for the most part, at least that we learned in their road season. But when it comes to putting points on the board, that's where they had biggest issues. They were a minus 13.6, Joe, in 25 road losses. And they were only averaging in those 25 losses 105 points per game. Joe, it seems to me, though, when we look at the numbers, again, I don't want to bog down the listeners on numbers, but there just seems to be more negatives and positives when you look at what they did away from San Antonio, Joe. Yeah, you know, there's just there's always that dilemma. You know, there's always more negatives than positives. And what I mean by that and what you're saying by that as well is, it seems like we see a lot of the negative uh, aspects of the game come out of the San Antonio Spurs when they're on the road, when they're at home, and when they were specifically when they were winning those nine games in a row, you know, they were playing quite well here at the AT&T Center. The crowd mm-hmm. was behind them. They were sharing right. the ball. They were getting into their offensive sets. They were making great decisions on the offensive end with the ball, you know, everything was clicking. And then they go on the road and it's just like, wow, this this team is just like Jekyll and Hyde. So it's quite perplexing. Like I keep saying, you know, there's no easy fix for this. There's no there's no magic switch that we're going to flip anytime soon. And, mm-hmm. you know, one of the things that I also see them doing uh, on the defensive end is they fall in love with playing this uh, 3-2 zone. You know, they, they don't have a legit wing defender. So when they run this 3-2 zone, specifically I saw them running it a lot against the Cleveland Cavaliers, they're trying to get out there and defend the three-point the three-point line. So they want to defend the three-point shooters. When they run a 3-2 zone, it spreads the team thin, and what happens is you usually get a mismatch down in the paint. So teams have caught on to that. They they just dish the ball into the middle, and usually it's a mismatch. And what happens is the Spurs give up a lot of points when they play this 3-2 zone. And they allow the team, the opposing team, to either connect with an easy turnaround jump shot, or they can go ahead and be aggressive, go to the rim, puts them on the on the two point or the free throw line for an easy two points. But either way, what happens is the Spurs give up points. 
same thing goes when they play a 2-3 zone because they're trying to cheat because they really can't play man, so they run a 2-3 zone. And the help usually comes, but sometimes it's late, and again, they get exposed, and it translates to them giving up points. So if you're going to run these types of zones, you need to be able to compensate by having all hands on deck, being aware, and communicate effectively on the defensive end. Because if not, you're going to get in trouble again uh, with some of the better teams in the NBA. So I don't really see these things being corrected within, what, a one-game span, Jeff? Do you? Uh, I think they can. And I look, the beginning of the uh, the postseason is a brand-new season. It's a clean slate. It's a time for them to just fix whatever is broken. And we're talking about that more in the uh, second half of this episode of Lockdown Spurs. And I think they can. Uh, this is a Spurs team that you can never count out, no matter what is going on with them. We Everybody thought they were not going to make the postseason. Boy, was everybody wrong. Here they are. They're going to make the playoffs. Uh, everybody counted them out when they lost Kawhi Leonard. Well, here they are, you know, still uh, in the thick of things in the uh, Western Conference uh, playoff position, at least in the bottom half. So I do believe they can fix this. Uh, but I also believe that some of their leaders need to step up away from San Antonio. You're looking at a guy like LaMarcus Aldridge. Joe, on the, at home, he averages close to 23 points per game, but on the road, he drops down to 19 points per game. Same thing can be said for a guy like DeMar DeRozan. I'm sorry, like Marco Bellinelli. Uh, on the road, he's averaging, what, nine points per game, and he's been one of the more reliable players uh, this season coming off the bench for San Antonio. So, you know, you have him pumping in nine points per game, but at home, and he throws up a whopping 12 points per game. It seems to me whatever's going on with them, even individually, affects them. For the most part, Joe, the teams plus minus away from San Antonio, at least when it comes to the individual players, they have 10 or more players in the minus on the road as opposed to on the home where a majority of everybody's in the plus. So it seems to be this, this is a team-wide issue. This is an issue where I think it's just between the years. This, this, they have the capability of being an upset kind of team, meaning they will provide a Houston or a Denver um, an upset in the first round, but they just got to get whatever shakes out of them in, in the road. So it, it's just a situation, Joe, where I think they just need to like clear the slate, get that erase and eraser and erase that chalkboard and just say start all over again. We're not talking about you know a situation where the Spurs cannot go on the road and do it. We saw it. They cleaned it up a little bit in Cleveland. They were passing the ball better. There was a good quarter, two quarters, where we saw beautiful, beautiful ball movement and really team play. And then there was that in, that third quarter where maybe a certain individual, Rudy Gay, didn't play too great, and the Spurs just kind of just went away from what was working. It's the fact that they're so Jekyll and high, not only throughout the regular season, but even in games. They start off strong, and then they take their foot off the gas. They play at home versus Cleveland. They allow them to get a 12-point lead, and then they have to fight back and get a W. It's just so perplexing, this team, Joe, that, one, I'm glad the regular the, the road regular season is Yeah, I'm glad the road regular season is over, you know, or the regular season is over in general. You know, but there's a lot of things that concern me moving forward into the postseason. You know, bad habits die hard, and this Spurs team is full of bad habits. You know, unless they decide to play, I guess, a different genre of basketball, and that means playing smarter. Not You don't necessarily have to play a lot harder, you know, because the effort is there from night to night as far as them wanting to do better. It's just sometimes the execution is lacking. 
You know, we can't never question what's in the heart of a player. Of course, they're out there to compete and play from, you know, night in and night out. It's just the execution that that is lacking from time to time. And that, you know, and I have to say that team execution, it falls onto the, you know, the coaches. So they need to do a better job, I think, of getting this team ready, getting them focused. And you know what? Let's feed them some some fodder, you know, give them some newspaper clippings. Let them see what Mm -hmm. the national media is talking about them, you know, as far as the negative aspects of what they're giving them, as far as their chances for advancing into the in the postseason. And hopefully this will be motivation for them to come out and surprise everybody. Because I think that the Spurs ultimately do have that winning culture, you know, that they can go and and refer back to. And that mm-hmm. can actually help them play a lot better. Because they can say, look, we have some of these grizzled veterans that are still here with the team that know what it takes to move on. So let's listen to them. Let's let them take that leadership role in the postseason and let's have them lead us to victory. But that also means that if you're going to be a leader in the postseason, hint, hint, LaMarcus Aldridge, you got to show up. And that means that even if you get the double teams, you get the triple teams, you're getting different looks, you have to stay aggressive. You can't fall in love with shooting jump shots because you're tired. There's no getting tired in the postseason. It's you're either going to want it or you don't, you know, and a lot of fans question how tough is he when it comes to the postseason. I got to say that I think this is going to be his time to shine. And he has a lot uh, to prove to the Spurs fans that, you know what, I can take this team on my back from time to time. Doesn't have to be the whole game. And I can actually, you know, make an impact, you know, because I think that's what they, they question from LaMarcus from time to time. And we're going back, you know, for the to like, say, a, a two seasons ago, you know, where they were calling him soft. I don't believe he is soft. I just think he gets out of rhythm. I want him to be more aggressive in the postseason. I want to see him do a lot of more uh, posting up, especially when you get mismatches. Punish those guys. Mm-hmm. Make them send you to the free throw line. You know, if you do a jump shot and it goes in, that's great. But if you can get to the free throw line and you can get one of the better players uh, from the opposing team in foul trouble early, that's just going to help your team that much more, especially in the playoffs. So I'd like to see some of that aggressiveness a little bit um, more, you know, let's say pushed forward from LaMarcus because we see him sometimes play a passive style of basketball. So I think it all starts with him. And if he plays at a high level, it's going to translate to DeMar playing at a high level, you know, Yaka Portal, and of course the role players. But we do also need to see a little bit more consistency out of Derek White. I want to see him put up consistent numbers, more in the like 10 to 12 points a game, uh, going along with a lot of, uh, you know, assists. You know, I want to see six, eight assists a game, maybe more, because we know he's a good facilitator with the ball. I just think he needs to calm down a little bit because I think he gets flustered at times, but he's going to be a good point guard. And I think he just needs to let the game come to him and not try to push the issue so much. And I, you know what? I got to say, Jeff, I do like what I'm seeing out of Lonnie Walker. I like that that young man's getting some run right now. And he is definitely not lacking in the athletic ability department, Jeff, because my God, this guy can jump. Yeah, he can. And, uh, Joe, it looks like you couldn't wait for the uh, second segment of the show because you got into the fine-tuning already. <laughs> but 
we need to still con- we need to look at the road schedule and how it ended. Uh, so I want to put the show back on track. Uh, uh, we're talking about what happened on the Spurs away from San Antonio in the first segment. Um, you just see, you, you know, not, yeah, but you're right. Lonnie Walker is a very athletic kid. Uh, it's a shame that you know he got hurt early, and hopefully next season um, he'll get more minutes. Uh, he's obviously not probably going to be part of the playoff rotation, but again, we'll talk about that in the fine-tuning segment of Lockdown Spurs. But you're looking at the road record, uh, again, 16-25. and 25. Obviously, Joe, the worst was in February, going 1-7 and seven on the rodeo road trip, the worst rodeo road trip in franchise history. Uh, there they were losing by at least 14 points on average. It was not pretty. I think from that point on, Joe, if anything, that road month of February may have doomed this or is any forward movement when it comes to the positioning, they're going to look back and say, you know what? We should have never lost to New York. We should have never lost to uh, the the Nets, uh, you know, things like that. Those games and that segment of the road uh, portion of their schedule really may bite them in the, you know what, later on, Joe. But yeah, it's, they were 16 and 25. We know what they did right in 16 games. They shot the ball well from the three-point line. They were averaging 117 points per game. That's amazing. They were winning on average of 12 points per game. But again, Joe, in those 16 wins, I I, I cannot. Maybe you can help me here. I don't remember a signature road win, Joe. They didn't really have a signature road win in, in that span, you know. But they did yeah. have some signature wins this season. You know they they did beat some some very good teams, uh, you know specifically the the Spurs were able to, you know, beat some of the teams the upper echelon teams from the West. It's the East Coast for whatever reason, and you know this too, Jeff, that seemed to bother the Spurs this this season. It's like anytime they were facing a team in, from the Eastern Conference, especially some of the better teams, it didn't bode well for the Spurs, and it was, you know, one of those conundrums where you're like. Why is it just the East and not the West, you know, because, yeah, you know, it, it, I mean, the West, they, they have very good teams and so does the East. Both teams are, you know, both conferences are, they have their, their upper echelon teams. Well, 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 not, not necessarily Joe, because you look at their away schedule versus the East, they were 500. They went eight and eight, uh, against the West. I told you they went eight and 17. So they actually did well on the road versus the East. Um, Versus the West, though, that's where they got smacked up. Now, obviously, they play the West more often on the road than they do the East. I understand that. But they were they went even. I'll take that as far as the road is concerned. They went even uh, against the West, uh, the East. Um, obviously, they they just did not play well away from San Antonio. Yeah. I, I back and I just say, look, it was just a brand new roster. They had a heavy road schedule to start the season. It evened out at the end of the season. They played more home games than the road games. And it is what it is, you know. They're, you know, sixteen and twenty-five. They had, yeah. they had four. You know, anything that's positive, they had four. Um, sorry, they had one. And actually, Joe, I take that back. They were, they just stunk up. I'm looking at the numbers here, Joe. They, <laughs> they, they, they just horrible. You know, I'm trying to put a positive spin here. I can't. I'm trying for the life of me. Just twenty-five losses, as opposed to sixteen wins. It's not acceptable. We all saw when they had deep playoff runs, they had one of the better road records in the league. They didn't have it this year. They had one of the worst. So hopefully 
Joe, um, that they shake out the cobwebs, whatever shake, whatever's ailing them, because they will be on the road to start the playoffs. And if they can't get it done in games one and two, they got to steal at least one road win, then they're season may come to an abrupt end all right so that is our take on the spurs road schedule how it ended looking back we all know the uh, road road trip was a disaster but we're gonna take our first break and then finally joe can elaborate more on uh, what the spurs need to do when it comes to fine-tuning before the regular uh, the regular season ends and the postseason begins but before we do that i'm going to remind you about the himalaya app so you can get locked down spurs on the brand new podcasting app himalaya as well as Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify. And when you get in your car, tell your smart device to play Locked On Spurs. So remember, to get this show every day, subscribe to Locked On Spurs on the new Himalaya Podcast app. And in every expanding podcast world, you need Himalaya with their personally curated playlist and new features every day. So download the Himalaya app at your app store and subscribe to Locked On Spurs. We are back, and I'm joined by Joe Garcia of Two Shots Podcast. Uh, in the first segment, Joe was just so eager. He could, he could not contain his thoughts on what the Spurs need to do to fine-tune before uh, the postseason begins. So I guess, Joe, you've talked a lot about their zone and how they go to this zone and they play this zone defense and this and that. Again, is that something they need to just fine-tune, Joe, or do you think they need to just chuck it all together? That's something that's going to need to be fine-tuned. Uh, all it, it boils down to is they're just a little bit too slow when they're, they're coming with the help when they're playing a 2-3 a or a 3-2 zone. They need to be become more effective communicators out there. When they were on that nine-game winning streak and they were looking unbeatable, that's because they were communicating effectively out on the court. And it's something that I think that they've kind of gotten away from. If they go back to that, they should be fine. You know, if they can call out plays they can call out what the tendencies are for a certain player tell their their teammates to get in better position oh here comes a screen or you know this they're gonna do a pick and roll or you know watch it with this player he, he likes to go right let's force him left they need it they need to communicate you know because let's face it you have some new faces here that might not be familiar with the way certain mm -hmm. players play you know so use that veteran experience to your benefit and share that knowledge i think if they can do that They'll be okay, you know, going into the postseason. But again, old habits die hard, Jeff. You know, so yeah. I want to be proven wrong. I hope I'm wrong because I want to see this team advance deep into the playoffs. But I'm a realist at heart. So I don't know, Jeff. I don't think it's going to bode well for <laughs> us. <laughs> well, if anything, when I'm looking at this Spurs team and their final game against the Mavericks at the AT&T Center, uh, one thing that I would like to see them fine-tune is – Simply letting a guy well, – I got, I got a few of them, so I'm going to start with this one. Letting uh, Donatas and Monte Yunus play a little bit more. Uh, in the limited time he's played, you know, he looks like he still has it. Obviously, it's very limited. It's a very small sample size. really can't run with that. But I'd like to see him get a little bit more burn in that Dallas game um, if the Spurs are winning big. And if they're not, okay, obviously keep him away. But just to get him used to the the team the system in case they need him in the opening round i think that's one thing i'd like to see them improve on obviously i'd love to see them continue just getting some consistency on both ends of the court we saw versus cleveland in cleveland the last road game 
they were smacking them up, Joe, left and right. And then they just, you know, came out and the third quarter kind of looked like they just took their foot off the gas pedal. They need to play complete four quarters. They're going to be going up against one of the best Western Conference teams to start the postseason. We don't know who it is yet. We do know it may be the Warriors, the Rockets. We just don't know. But regardless, it's going to be a top-heavy team. They're going to have to play consistent for 48 minutes during the game, Joe. So for me, getting the new guy some run and just starting some consistency to start the postseason, Joe. Yeah, you know, it always has to do with consistency, Jeff. You know, if this team can be a little bit more consistent, both on the defensive and the offensive ends, I I really do like their chances moving forward. But again, that, you know, the coaches need to find a way to effectively communicate that to the players. I don't know if they're going to have to have like a meeting maybe before, you know, they they watch some film together before they work out for the postseason. But something needs to be, be said and something needs to be done to say, look, guys, we have a clean slate. Let's just put all that behind us. This is a new season. And basically, you got to leave it all out there on the court. You can't hold anything back. There's not going to be, oh, let's maybe the next game we'll get it. No, you got to treat every game like it's game seven. You're fighting for your playoff lives and get out there and give a full effort for the, the full game, for the full 48 minutes. Play like your lives depended on it because they actually do. You know, because <laughs> let's face it, Jeff, you're starting on the road. And if the Spurs, if the Spurs can get a split on the road, no matter who they're facing, that would be mm-hmm. huge for them. Yeah, I, I think I might start the uh, celebration downtown on the Riverwalk and up Commerce Street if they just win one road game on the road um, when they start the season because that's <laughs> been uh, something where they struggle. Now, you look at what happened after um, the Cavaliers uh, game where they won. Uh, one thing Popovich said, and you know, here's what he had to say to the media. He said, we've had a tough time making shots on the road this year, but the last two games we made shot and that makes things easier, especially on the road. That's exactly what I was talking about in the first segment, how they shot the ball, the ball well in 16 wins. The, he knows that. He's acknowledging that. Popovich, that is. And that's what I'm saying. That's my third point. They got to learn to shoot the ball well all away from San Antonio. It's there. It's in black and white. 16 wins away from San Antonio. They shot the ball extremely well, especially on the three-point line. They've been doing that in the last two road games to end that portion of their season. They got to continue doing that. I say – Work on that versus the Mavericks. I say in practice, they have a couple days off before they play Dallas. Focus on that. Joe, I brought up how how, uh, LaMarcus Aldridge plays away versus home, and we saw the numbers. Is there another player that's on your radar that needs to do some fine-tuning before the postseason begins? If there's anyone in particular that I'd like to, you know, see do some fine-tuning, I'd have to say it's going to start with one of their better guards in Derek White. You know, you mm-hmm. just want to see him not look to pass first, but start scoring first. You know, I think that he passes up a lot of good looks on occasion because he wants to set up his teammates to have them, you know, get in rhythm early and to be more yeah. effective uh, for the long term for the game. But in the playoffs, you know, you're going to see a lot of double and triple teams coming to some of the your, your better players, in particular LaMarcus and DeMar. So I'd like to look for, you know, Derek White to have a score first mentality and if, mm-hmm. you know, as a second thought, if there is an opportunity to pass this ball and get your teammates involved, by all means, do it. But if you have a good look, take the shot. That's what I want to see him do. Be more aggressive. Yeah, it, 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 exactly that. I think they 
got to be in what DeMar DeRozan said following the win over Cavaliers. They got to be in desperation mode. And they got to play like their their season's on the line because it pretty much is once that postseason begins because they're not going to be a top team uh, uh, one through four. They're not going to have home court advantage. They're, they're, they're really behind the eight ball, so to speak. I need to see more desperation out of this team. We really need to see that out of them this whole season. So if I'm going to fine-tune anything as well, I want to fine-tune their mental their mental focus. Play like their lives depend on it. Play like it's game seven each and every time they step on the court once the playoffs begin. Joe, there's some times this season we saw this Spurs team look like they were just coming out flat on the road. Oh, yeah. We saw them with uh, little to no energy to start games. Uh, they're digging themselves a hole early. It's hard to you know come back on the road specifically when you've already dug yourself a hole and you're down by 15, 12 points in early mm. in the first quarter, then you're trying to play catch-up. You're expending a, a tremendous amount of energy to try to get yourself back into the game. And let's face it, Jeff, the Spurs have not been able to get stops consistently, especially on the road. So it's kind of a deflating, you know, uh, morale, I guess, to the San Antonio Spurs mm-hmm. when they fall down to start off a game and they're already, like I said, down 12, 15, maybe 20 points early in the game. It kind of plays with your psyche. You want to be able to start the game with high energy. And that starts with everyone on the court being able to, you know, not have to be told, look, we need you guys. No, start the game off the way you know it should be started. You know, don't play flat. Mm-hmm. Come out with that intensity right off the bat. Because when you're going into the postseason, Jeff, me and you have seen a lot of playoff games. And if you don't mm-hmm. start the game at a high intensity level to match your opponent, it does not bode well for you. That team, no, the more aggressive team, is usually the team that will win that match. So the Spurs need to come out and be aggressive every single night. Yeah. Look, I, I think at this point, yeah, you know, fans love, you know, saying the like, go Timberwolves, beat the Thunder, or, or go Clippers, beat the Warriors. But they just got to handle their business. Um, you know, they put themselves in this situation right now. They put themselves by wetting the bed on the road trip, uh, losing games they should never have lost to, whether it be home or away. So I think one of the fine-tuning points for me is just simply, again, I'm going to repeat it, forget what happened in the regular season. It's a clean slate. Focus on the mentality of the state, of their team. Focus on where they can improve. Looking back in that river mirror is not going to do anything to help them moving forward. They got to take pride on the defensive end. They got to play in desperation mode. They got to handle their business in their final uh, home game and just get that W. That's all they can do right now. And just cross their fingers that luck is on their side. But yeah, look, uh, you you know, defensively, obviously, we know that's one of the the, the biggest issues this season. They cleaned it up quite a quite a bit to close the season, and hopefully, they'll continue that. Um, You you know, they they got to be holding teams at least. Uh, you know, somewhere around the high 90s or low 100s. I mean, in the, today's NBA, that's equating to good defense. So there's just so many things they can fine-tune, Joe. What would be the biggest one for you when it comes to – if somebody were to ask you, Joe, it's the last game of the season, what is the one thing they have to make sure that they fix before the postseason begins? Specifically, it's making better decisions on the offensive end. You know, there's no mm-hmm. need to be chunking up a three-pointer when they're – you're well within the 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 shot clock and meaning you're coming up the court you have 17 seconds 18 seconds left on the shot clock why are we rushing to to get into an offensive uh 
play. You know, they, mm-hmm. they like to go ahead and chunk up a three or they'll just take a bad pass or, you know, try to force the issue, uh, trying to feed it in, into the middle to LaMarcus or, again, mm-hmm. fall in love with getting DeMar DeRozan out at the top of the key, giving him a, a chance to go one-on-one. These are desperation plays that you usually reserve for the end of games, not for the first or second quarter. You know, you have all the time in the world. Start letting that game come to you. Play smart. Pass that ball. Get into your offensive sets early and play smart basketball. Look for the best possible shot that will actually either get you in rhythm where you're going to have your three-pointers, you know, shooting the ball well from beyond the arc. Or let's say, you know, you find Lamar wide open in the middle, you know, underneath the rim. Give him the ball. Mm-hmm. Let him get in rhythm. Get Let him get his touches. That's going to help you in the long run. Look to actually be more efficient on the offensive end. That's one of the tweaks I think will pl- will pay big dividends for this team moving forward. Well, I hope you're right, Joe, and um, that they fine-tune what they need to fine-tune before the postseason begins. Joe and I are going to take our final break. When we get back. We're going to put a wrap on this episode of Locked on Spurs. We are back, and I'm joined by Joe Garcia of Two Shots Podcast. Joe, tell us about Two Shots Podcast. What's going on? Oh, we just, you know, we're still working on a lot of things uh, in the pipe right now. So we have our family of podcasters where you can go ahead and check them out. They cover everything from MLB base, you know, baseball to a little bit of wrestling talk, you know, with WrestleMania coming up, uh, you know, to, you know, covering NBA and anything in between. You can check out our family of podcasters at twoshotssa.com. And you can also follow me at Two Shots Podcast. It's all spelled out. T-W-O-S-H-O-T-S podcast across Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. You know, Joe, um, did you pour one out for the commanders? I that, did, that, man. That, <laughs> that, that was horrible, Joe. I mean, I, you know, you and I, we lived in San Antonio for so long. This is what the 13th pro football team to come and go. You know, I always ask this and I know this is lockdown Spurs and I get it. We'll get back to some Spurs talking a bit, but I always ask is if another pro league comes, Okay, whether that be NFL or some one of these minor league teams, I think the, the citizens of San Antonio need to just take it with a grain of salt. They cannot fall in love with these teams anymore because we've seen in the history a 100% of these pro teams come and go, go, whether that be the football football or even arena football. They, they, for some reason, team football teams don't survive in San Antonio. So would you fall in love with another team if they come, or would you be kind of saying, you know what, I, I'll enjoy the ride, but I won't be surprised if they leave? I think San Antonio needs to get smart and stop playing second fiddle. You know, let's collectively, as a community and as a city, stop saying yes to these minor league teams. We need to mm-hmm. get a professional football team here in San Antonio. The crowd, if anything, showed that the city is ready for an NFL team. They will fill up the Alamo Dome if they bring an NFL team to San Antonio. So if we have to wait 10 or 12 years for that to happen, the wait will well be worth it. So stop settling for second best because I know the the fans and the city are better than that. Well, I hope you're right, Joe, because um, it looks like there will be football in San Antonio for quite some time. So they got to wait for them Cowboys and your good buddy Jerry Jones there, uh, Joe. But let's get back onto some Spurs talk to end this uh, episode of Lockdown Spurs. Joe, 
It's the Dallas Mavericks this week um, in the final regular season home game. It's, it could be it could be Dirk's last game in the NBA, and we all know that Dirk, Mavs, Spurs, they got that history uh, on the court. It was if it is Dirk's last game in San Antonio, let alone the NBA. What is there one memory you have of um, Mr. Nowitzki? Uh, just the the way he handled himself on and off the court. You know, you never really heard him getting into a lot of trouble, you know, outside of the, the game of basketball. He was a constant professional and, you know, no one could ever stop his, oddly enough, his one foot jumping off the one yeah. foot fadeaway jump shot. I mean, you can't say enough good things of the way as the, of the way that he played the game. You know, he had a lot of respect for the Spurs, specifically for Tim Duncan, because those two would go to battle. There was numerous playoff runs where Dirk almost beat us single-handedly you know, he came He came to play, let, let's just say that, especially in the fourth mm-hmm. quarter. So you just love that he played the game at a high level for such a long period of time. So I got nothing but respect for that guy. And if he decides yeah. to, to hang it up, I'm sure that no one will, you know, have anything bad to say about him. He deserves some time off and, and some time to rest. But I got to tell you, Jeff, I don't really see him hanging it up. I think he's going to come back one more season because he wants to play with the young kid. He wants to play with Luca. And he wants to see what the unicorn Kristaps has to has to do, yeah. you know, with this team and what they can actually all do together. I think that would be a great way to send him off, you know, if he came back just one more season. Yeah, I, you know, when I look back at Dirk, and um, if it is again, I got to qualify this: if it is his final game in San Antonio, then you know, obviously the um, the peak, the height of the Spurs Mavericks rivalry, he was a part of that. Uh, uh, you, you know, the fans hated him when he was on the court because he was busting up the Spurs, uh, but they loved him off the court. You, you know what I remember him, if it is this is last game, that he stuck with one team. He didn't leave when the Mavericks were struggling. He didn't jump ship like a lot of uh, stars uh, did, uh, at least in this current crop of NBA uh, era. I, I like the fact that he is a dying breed. Uh, stars like that are no longer existing. Only Timmy and Dirk, you know, they stuck around with their team. They didn't ask to, you know, leave when the going got tough. So, you know, that's what I miss about him, that he's a dying breed of a star and um, that it's going to suck to see that kind of player go. But uh, hopefully um, that the that game versus uh, San Antonio is not a game and he gives one more last hurrah uh, in the NBA, but it's going to be an interesting game uh, this whole season, Joe. Seriously, it seems like every month or every year, some it's always some sort of emotional game. There was the Manu Ginobili return uh, retirement. There was a Tony Parker return. There was Kawhi Leonard's return, and then now San Antonio could possibly host the final game for Dirk Nowitzki. It's been quite an emotional season, hasn't it, Joe? Yeah, it's been a very emotional season, and I'm surprised you didn't, you know, throw salt in the wound and bring up one of your fondest memories of Dirk, you know, when Manu fouled him with seconds Mm. left on the clock that kind of doomed the Spurs from another championship run. That's one of the memories that I'll never forget because it it still stings, you know. It it makes you want to, you know, almost cry at times because that was kind of a a reenactment of what happened to us with Miami. We had the game well in hand and Manu just fouled Dirk with, you know, what one second left and the rest was history, Jeff. Yeah, it definitely was. But uh, that is going to put a wrap on this episode of Locked On Spurs. So how are you going to talk to me and Joe? It's quite simple. For me, you can follow me on Twitter at Jeff G Spurs Zone. Email me at jeffgarcia74 at gmail.com. 
and talk to Joe and jump on him because he's giving the Spurs no chance in the postseason. <laughs> you can, how can they get a hold of you, Joe? Well, they can reach me at Two Shots Podcast. Again, it's just T-W-O-S-H-O-T-S Podcast on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And I, I'm not saying that they don't have a chance. I'm just saying they need to clean some things up, you know, in order for, for them to realistically move forward in the postseason. And I know these diehard they, they Spurs may... fans, not the homers, the diehards know exactly what I'm talking about. You can't have conversations with Spurs homers because they think they know everything. That is true. There's a certain segment of Spurs fans that it, the Spurs can go 0-82 and, and they'll still win the title. I love my Spurs <laughs> so, no matter what. I'm like, Cayete. <laughs> <laughs> Those English-speaking uh, listeners, that means shut up in Spanish. Uh, but uh, for Joe Garcia, I am Jeff Garcia, and we're going to put a lock on this episode of Lockdown Spurs. <laughs>